0: It's time to sit down and relax for the good, the bad, and the sequel Q&A with your host, Doug. Hey there. Last week's sequel that we discussed was Ace Ventura, Pet Detective Junior, which was pretty awesome. And this week, for the first time ever, we have the actor who was number one on the call sheet, Ace Junior himself, Josh Flitter. For someone who's only 24 years old, Josh has worked with so many amazing people, Emma Roberts, Robin Williams, Bill Paxton, Shia LaBeouf, just to name a few, and he has a lot of great stories about them and just about his experiences uh, through the acting world as a child star. So let's start the interview. How's it oh, going? Man. Pretty good, man. Thanks for taking the time, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, no problem. Especially on St. Patrick's Day. You're,
1: what are you, 24, 25? I'm 24. Um, so my St. Patrick's Day is I'm drinking tea. Oh, look at that. <laughs> nice. I'm- I'm drinking tea. I'm just looking out my window at the, at New York City while everyone is out uh getting obliterated. <laughs> That's sweet, man. So you're a Jersey guy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Born and raised in uh in
0: Marlboro, So sweet. Yeah, I grew up in South Plainfield and now I'm oh, in New cool. Providence. So
1: I I'm gonna be honest. I am I've lived there, had lived there for twenty years and am the worst with New Jersey geography. <laughs> no idea where either of those places are oh but. really
0: south plainville we're in the same uh oh no you know what no uh old bridge was in our division first okay
1: like i know old bridge old bridge is yeah a next
0: door later. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome dude so uh yeah so thanks for taking the time uh what made it obviously the movie that we did that we're going to be covering is super interesting but before that you gotta you started acting really young
1: what, yeah, what got you into it? Was it something you always wanted to do, or well, so okay, so I was uh, four, around probably four, between four and five years old, and um, my mom was into the entertainment industry, and she uh, had worked for Paramount for a little bit, and did a lot of like off Broadway singing and acting and stuff, and just she was a, she's a performer, she's a singer, an actress, and was like Meisner trained and everything, um, so. It was more of a, like, my mom was seeing if I would be interested in doing it. She tried with my older brother, and he hated it. So she was <laughs> like, uh, by the way, I might, I, I just am curious. May I swear? Because it might come out, and I just Oh, don't that's know. fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. If it comes out, I didn't want to be like, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, we have to restart. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so she um, had got my older brother involved, and he was not a, a fan of it. And He's three years older than me, and he was probably around – five or six at the time. So then another year or so went past and, um, it's very, there's a funny story. This, this manager in, in Marlboro named Tamara Markowitz. She still is a a children's manager. Um, she called my house and had on the caller ID. It said like TM talent management. And this is back in God, 1998. 1998. So caller ID was like, my mom was like, TM talent management. Who's calling? (laughs) She picks up and Tamara's like, hi, uh, my daughter would like to have like a play date with your son, my, my brother. And my mom was like, oh, just curious. Why does it say TM talent management? Uh, and she was like, oh, I'm a children's manager. And my mom goes, well, I have this (laughs) four-year-old if you want to meet him. And she was like, yeah, bring him over. And she absolutely loved me and was like, let's get him out right away. And I loved it. I always had, I immediately had a passion for just like making people laugh and talking to people and, and performing and stuff. So, uh, yeah, that was that's the that's the story of how uh, how I got started, and then from there it just kind of snowballed.
0: Yeah. So when you auditioned for Bravo Situation Comedy, was that in the city in New York, or did you guys go out to L.A.? God, I'm
1: being dated right now because you got to remember how young I was. So some no, of I know, dude, dude. I don't. Is, yeah, yeah, It's hazy, but I I remember bits and pieces of it. I think I probably initially auditioned for it here, but then I auditioned. For because the the point of that show was they were they were making a show about the making of a show, yeah, yeah, it was a reality show, so everything was real. Um, but the uh, I auditioned for so the director of the pilot that I did, I believe, was Fred Savage. Either he directed, yeah, it yeah, no, yeah. it was. And he, um, what a sweetheart he is, and he, uh, I auditioned in LA for him and for the for the whole crew there, uh, all the producers and stuff. And i always remember I walked in and because uh, the show was called Steven's Life and I was supposed to be kind of like a little man. And my mom and I like decided, you know, we're going to dress me up in like a suit and tie. And I walked in with a briefcase. I remember walking in with a briefcase and I put the briefcase down and they lost it immediately. They were like, this is ridiculous. This like nine or 10 year old kid is walking in here like uh like he just got off of work off like a 5 day work week and he's like fuck i need a drink like i just walked in like put the bag down and uh and i think that right there they were just like this kid's got it that's awesome so when you at a young age
0: did you like realize like hey this is fred savage or like later in life you're like
1: oh that's fred savage i did i mean i i knew but didn't know like my parents were like oh yeah you know the wonder years is this huge show and he's he's super popular and but like i knew you know what it was i knew him as the guy with the mole from uh, austin Powers. yeah 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 and i remember i think i think it was probably around that time yeah right around then yeah yeah and i remember saying like that was the thing that i was like oh the moly 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 mole." like i thought that was because i was what nine or ten years old and and austin powers is the funniest thing on the planet oh so yeah like, when you're 10 years old it's like every joke in that is like uh, uh the funniest thing you've ever heard
0: no no definitely yeah that's awesome and then r- right around that you you worked some pretty talented directors uh you work with bill paxton
1: oh what a guy greatest-
0: yeah he's amazing he was that he passed away
1: yeah and he's he was one of the sweetest people another there's another uh, fun story there is my oh, cool. um when i auditioned for that movie he i uh like the second i I remember sending in the tape i did it at my at the agency um and then he was in new york bill paxton was in new york and he was like i want to meet this kid and we went to get breakfast yeah breakfast and it was me and him and my mom and he goes all right like let's go sit and my mom goes oh no you can just go sit with him like i don't need to be there and he and he was like really? I figure you would want to be there. And she's like, no, he can handle himself. And I, we went and it was like just me and Bill Paxton having breakfast in like uh like the hotel lobby or not the hotel. No, it, it was, it was like a, a, like an upscale, like a nice diner or whatever. And there's Bill Paxton sitting across from this nine-year-old kid. That's awesome. And we're just like shooting the shit. And he was like another one where he was like, I just thought this kid was so funny. And, and uh, my mom like, <laughs> like went shopping or something she was like oh, I'll just meet you after like he can totally handle himself and uh, I remember I remember hanging out with him and and uh, it being such a great time and then I screen tested with, with Shia and he immediately was felt we just became like best friends oh, Awesome. Um, and, uh, and that was that was like one of the most fun experiences ever shooting that movie yeah
0: Bill Paxton I don't know if you ever looked up on how he got started he was like a set designer
1: like he had built movie notice.
0: sets and he was good friends with James Cameron.
1: I did know that because James yeah. Cameron came to visit oh, yeah? one day. He came one or two days because they, they were like best friends. And he came to visit. And I, just, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I met him just like because he came to visit. But yeah
0: yeah. yeah. yeah, it's a pretty wild story. So he uh, – I forgot what movie James Cameron was like because they just did it together. And then he had his first movie that he was directing. He had Bill have a small role in it. It might have been – oh, in Terminator. So that's one of Bill's early, early movies. And then when he was shooting Aliens 2, he was like, hey, you should be in it. Come out, film it.
1: So you ever see Aliens? I I saw Alien, the Ridley Scott one, is one of my favorite movies ever. And then I think I've seen Aliens... And then I don't know, I've, I lose track from there because there's Alien, Aliens. And then is there Aliens 2 or is it Aliens 3? No, it's Aliens 3. Yeah, I, I, I misspoke.
0: <laughs> but yeah, you know,
1: There's the Aliens
0: 3, which is like, I think we're going to cover that one because that one's really out there. But uh, yeah, no, so nice. Aliens, I think James Cameron either produced or directed that one. But uh, he was like, hey, Billy, you got to come out. So he went out to that studio, the one that's kind of like the Hollywood of London. And he went right. out there and he's like, hey, there's these scenes where you're going to be like screaming with a gun. So he like threw him like a poster uh, holder, like a poster container where the way you ship a poster. Yeah. He's like, here, pretend this is a gun. I'm going to turn this camera on. So he made him like do this weird shoot and he's like jumping on the couch and everything. And then he said when he left, he was like, I've known this guy forever. Why did he just make me do this weird thing? He like took a bus and no, he's a really down to earth guy because the way he started. So. Yeah.
1: Oh no, he was the sweet, I, that was his directing style too, which was very, and like at this point, it's getting a little hazy because that was 14 years ago and I was, oh, yeah, dude. but I remember uh, he was very like rigid and very rugged. That was like all his, his style was very much like, I want real, I want gritty. I want, even though it was like a golf, it was a Disney movie and it was about golf. He was like, yeah. I want this to be a story about this family and, and these relationships and these, and the hardships that these kids are going through and that these adults are going through, rather than just like, oh, it's about an uh, amateur golfer overcoming the odds and beating Harry Varden. It was like he wanted this real grit, and I think that comes from his background. I remember he would always he would like make references. He'd be like, oh, I'm making Tombstone it was like this or making twister. It was like this, you know, we had this real rugged raw kind of thing. And, uh, and you're saying this to me and I'm like, now you're I'm like, I haven't seen tombstone Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm nine. So I don't know what you're talking about.
0: That's cool. He was able to relate, you know, especially yeah. directing a movie with a lot of young
1: people in it. Yeah. Yeah. So and they- I would, I want to shout out James, his son, who I'm still good buddies with. Oh, he's, really? That's yeah, awesome. He's, he's a great, great kid. And he's, uh, He's acting a lot. He's doing great. But oh, um, cool. yeah, no, James is awesome and, and Bill is fantastic and uh, one of the best people I ever had the the fortune to work with. Yeah,
0: that's cool. You still connect with his son. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you search your name, there's photos. Of you're on Jay Leno.
1: Yeah, I, I was on Leno uh, I think twice. Oh, what am I I think twice. Yeah, I was on him twice. <laughs> what, were, were you promoting something or? Yeah, I was on for uh, – I believe i was on for the greatest game I ever played oh cool and then i was also on like two years later three years later for license to wed and nancy drew i think we're coming out around the same time oh yeah and uh and leno was a great guy and he was like oh yeah you come back whatever you want you know <laughs> so uh i i i my publicist was like let's get him back on and then they were really great that's
0: awesome yeah and then I th- and then just reading they said uh again these are the things on IMDb so you don't know if they're 100% yeah. true so oh, you'll know, yeah. you'll tell me yeah so uh just from that appearance you were able to the one of the producers like noticed
1: you from that and that's how you got Nancy Drew like an audition for that or okay so maybe that was the story <laughs> I actually don't really know I know that oh oh from 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 Leno uh, from from the first Leno yes okay cool uh so what happened was uh, Jerry Weintraub, who was one of the uh, like most famous uh, producers of all time, he's incredible. There's a a documentary about him on HBO. I think. Oh, really nice. I didn't know how successful he was when I was working with him, but like everyone around me was like, "This guy is like the guy," and I was oh, like, wow. "Yeah, okay, sure, whatever." Um, he like made all he made the original Karate Kid and all of the uh, Oceans movies. He very famously for Oceans Eleven uh called Brad Pitt and told him that Clooney was doing it called Clooney and told him Brad Pitt was doing it called uh oh, I forget everyone else in the movie but called all of them saying that each other person was going to do it <laughs> without them having said they were going to do it oh so that when they all showed up they were all like oh you're like you're here i yeah, i i didn't even know But and at the end they didn't realize that any of them were supposed to be like none of them had said they were going to do it wow the movie. They all, he just convinced them all to do it by saying that everyone else was going to do it. And then they were all like, all right, yeah, this is fun. And then they made it, and obviously they were hugely successful. Yeah, um, that's amazing. But so he saw, I think he saw uh, me on, on Leno, I guess. And then uh, in Nancy Drew, the character was originally that I, that, I ended up playing this character named Corky, and he was like Nancy's kind of sidekick. And it was originally supposed to be someone in their teens, like around the same age as Nancy at the time. And Emma Roberts was 15 or 16 and I was 12. And they wanted somebody that was like 14, 15 to be kind of this kid who was kind of like gawking over her. Yeah. And he saw me and was like, this kid is hilarious. And even though he's too young, like let's write him into the movie somehow. So they switched the role around and, and I remember him calling me and my mom was like, you know, like, Hey, Jerry Weintraub is calling you. Like this is a big deal. Like be professional. And I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> like, I didn't know who the fuck it was. And I was like, Hey, what's going on? And he's like, Hey, Josh, yeah, it's Jerry. Uh, well, listen, we want you to do this movie. Would you like to do it? And I was like, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Like, it's fine. Sounds good. And like, I had no idea until way later in life that I was dealing with like one of the biggest producers yeah. in the history of Hollywood. Um, but he loved it. He loved the spunk and the, and the, just the, the fun attitude that I had. And, um, yeah, I ended up, he ended up like making the executive decision to be like, get this kid in the movie. And then, uh, that was one of the bigger, that was probably one of the biggest roles that I, that I had in a, in a, in a movie that, uh, still to this day, that's probably the most recognized that I get because uh, a lot of the, um, the, demogra- the demographic for that movie was people that were like my age or a little bit younger, a little bit older, mostly girls. Yeah. And now it'll just be like, I'll get these follows on Twitter or Instagram, and they'll DM me and be like, Corky! And I'm like, hi, I don't know you. And they're just like, <laughs> Corky! And I'm like, yeah, that was me, that's me. But it's very it's fun, it's, it's, it's really silly. And when I meet people now, because they'll be 22, 23 years old, and they'll be like, wait a minute. You look familiar, and then I'll end up saying, "Oh, it's this thing." And like that was my favorite movie when I was twelve. Holy shit, this makes no sense. So it's uh, it's really fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Where, where, do you remember where that movie shot? Like where you guys that, went for that? That was all L.A. That was like the oh, best cool. because it was it was in the heart of Los Angeles. We shot in the hills. We shot on Hollywood Boulevard. We shot. Um, oh, I can't remember where else, but it was all right. It was all smack in the middle of L.A.
0: Is that the first time you felt like, "Oh my god, I'm an actor." Like big set yeah,
1: and so so because so greatest game ever played filmed in Montreal. Oh, that
0: was before. Yeah. Oh, Montreal, yeah, really? But, but
1: awesome. yeah. So, but I, I kind of the way you just said that. Like, I obviously felt like, oh, this is something amazing that I'm doing, and yeah. I was very grateful for it. But then being in LA and being like a 12, 13 year old who was being yeah. invited to like all these like child star events. Um, that was where it got really silly where I was like, this is, this is weird. And I love it. You know, where it's just like, this, this isn't normal. Like that was one of the, the best parts about it was I, my parents are incredible people and they always like kept it in my brain. Like they just kept drilling into my brain. Like this is not normal. And just don't get used to this and don't make this, you know, your life this is a thing that you do as your career and you can enjoy it and it's fun but this is not normal and that's why I think uh, a lot of people end up messed up is because they go through this kind of child stardom thing and then they think that this is their life and that uh, you know these parties and all this are, are the most meaningful thing but it's really you know putting in the work and and um taking it seriously
0: yeah, no, that's great. What you just said that it was like, yeah, it's like weird and wonderful. Yeah, and it's, it's like you know, I'm just a kid from New Jersey, a small town in New Jersey, and right now I'm shooting a movie in L.A. with, uh, you know, Eric Roberts' daughter.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, right. Uh, one of the one of the coolest parts about it too is I was, um, I was always in public school in New Jersey the whole time. Oh, cool. So I would leave school for like two months to film a friggin' movie. And then I come back and just be put right back into public school with all my friends who are like on the soccer team. And like, I had friends who are starring in movies that I'm texting that I'm also texting my best friend who has you know, just got like a D on his test and he's sad about it from, uh, from Marlboro. So like, it was this great uh, duality that I was kind of living. These like two separate lives that were so much fun.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And then right after that, you, well, in between those times, one was before, then one was right after, but uh, Big Mama's House too and License to Wed. So you, you worked like two amazing, like legendary comedians.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't. So I had a lot more experience with Robin Williams yeah. than I got to have with Martin because I just wasn't in a lot of scenes with him. Oh, okay. And I also was a lot smaller of a part in that movie, whereas in License to Wed – I literally like every scene that I was in was with Rob. Like we that's were awesome. playing, I was playing his sidekick basically. And he, it became that in real life. he took me under his wing through that entire, the filming of that movie. And, and um, that's probably the most influence that I ever had uh, when it comes to comedy and acting. And I I, I can't, it's, it's pretty tough to put into words like how much you can learn just hanging out with Robin Williams for two months. Yeah. It's, it's insane. The guy was the most, who's, not only was he just the funniest person on the planet, but he was the sweetest, most caring, like he genuinely cared about what you had going on in your life, which a lot of, you know, you'll work with people and they'll be like, hey, how's it going? How's, oh. yeah. How's school kid? You know, but he would remember, you know, my brother and my parents and would come up and in between shots, he would say, Hey, how's Scott doing? It was my brother yeah. It's just like, Oh, you know, and I would mention little details and he'd be like, Oh, like, Oh, do you miss your dogs? Like, Oh, uh, let me like, show me pictures of them because you know, from in New Jersey. And he was just so <clears throat> aware of everybody and, I think that was part of what was so upsetting about his passing is that he really cared about everybody more than he cared about himself. Yeah. And, um, he just wanted to make everybody else happy and unfortunately wasn't able to do that for himself. And it was the saddest is the saddest thing when he, uh, when he unfortunately took his own life because he was such a, a beam of light for everyone else. And, uh, but yeah working with him was 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 fantastic he was brilliant and um he said so many amazing things about me after we worked together I saw one of them yeah yeah he 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 on, on Larry King there's uh my favorite clip is he talks about like working with me and he was like this kid's just like the funniest kid I don't remember it verbatim but he was like this kid's the funniest kid and he was so great to work with and you know he just naturally has this kind of he he like gets the beats uh, at 12 years old, he's able to, like, banter with me. Yeah. And he would say to me, because he found out pretty quickly that I had this kind of improbability, and he would say to me, like, you know, kid, in the next shot, like, I'm just going to kind of throw it to you. Just go with it. And I would, uh, and I'd just be like, okay, Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and I just kept up. Like, we would improvise together in awesome. in these shots. And and he was not, he threw me into it being like, don't be afraid. You got this. And yeah. if not, I'll, I'll handle it and so you know we would get the lines down and then he would just start he would just start going and then he would throw it to me and i would say something and he would just go right back into it and i think he recognized that and um that was pretty special and also i want to shout out john krasinski as well and man oh Moore. yeah they were they were fantastic as well um but yeah but robin was was something else but i i could talk about him all day
0: oh yeah no no he's amazing and for a guy that like, obviously, he's bringing up, you know, obviously, he'd stand with comedy, but like you said, his improv was amazing. Like, uh, did you see his recent documentary on HBO about his I, life? I actually haven't. Yeah, and it's I need, I need really to. amazing. And they talked about, like, back in the day, like, when they first started uh, having audience watching TV shows, like, live tapings uh, for Mork and Midney, like, his tapings, like, were must-see. Yeah. Like, He'd probably be out partying from the night before, and it was just like, as long as they filmed, it was like a show that people wanted to be at. Yeah, so good. He would mess around, like bust people's chops, start doing stand up, and no, he was a ball of energy. He was amazing. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Was. You had that experience with him.
1: Yeah, no, I'm. I I think about it a lot, and uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't trade that for anything. Totally. And on there, it said that you're uh, – are you currently taking classes right now at US, UCB? So I actually finished uh, – I'm, I'm really heavily into improv in, in New York City. And if awesome. Whoever's listening, come through to uh, the shows. Uh, I, um, I took uh, levels one through four at UCB, and uh, I'm also I'm, – I'm pretty heavily involved at the People's Improv Theater. Oh, sweet. Which is, uh, just another improv theater in New York City. And uh, I've taken levels one through five there. And now I'm in a musical improv class there. And uh, I'm taking a master class there. Sweet. So I'm really, yeah, improv is kind of like my forte right now. It's, it's something that I, I'm doing shows all the time. And, um, and it's a blast. It's, it's, it's the most fun. I think it's the most fun form of uh, comedy because when you're writing, not that other things aren't. Fun and amazing, but when you're writing, you're like constricted to that. But when you're improvising, it's it's truly just like I'm gonna explain it in the simplest way. But it's truly just like what can you come up with? Yeah, and can you keep a scene going and keep the emotion there? And people don't realize how good good improv is versus bad improv because good improv, good improv is so emotional. And it's so like you're watching it and you're caring about these two people that are on stage if it's like two people in a scene and you're not realizing that you're caring about it. And that's what makes it so much funnier, you know, because if two people are on stage and one of them is just being like, oh, God, I'm a lobster and uh, I just took a crap. And the other one's like, oh, I'm a bagel. <laughs> it's not going to go anywhere. But when you have two people and they're like going through a messy divorce. It's like, oh, this is kind of real. Yeah. And then they're dropping these hilarious bombs throughout this conversation that you're like, oh, I can kind of relate to this. And then that's where you see the magic of, holy shit, I'm relating to this thing that they're totally making up right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I love improv. I, I think uh, I think Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz are, are kind of the pioneers in it right now of like bringing it to the mainstream. Oh, totally. They, uh, I they, they. I have a poster right on my wall up here to the right. I just saw them at Carnegie Hall. Oh, you went? Did, That's awesome. Yeah, they did the two-prov for an hour and change, and it's just the two of them on an empty stage making it up the entire time. And it was uh, – and it, uh, you can't explain it. It was just the most ridiculous, but it was brilliant. It was so funny.
0: Yeah, I wish there was more, like obviously who's lying, but the more of the long form. I took a few classes. We lived in Portland, Oregon. I took a few classes, and I do improv – with some buddies, we'd have a, a separate podcast where we like to improv, but, uh, no, like you said, it's the most beautiful thing because when you're done with it, you're like, I'm never going to do this again. Like what just happened? It's just never going to happen again. That's, it's beautiful. When you watch it, you're like some, like you said, when there's good improv and bad, bad improv, good improv, you're like, how the heck, how did they just do that? How do they do that? Yeah. yeah. Like if you, I'm sure you listen cause you're at UCB, you know, Besser uh, yeah improv for humans like you listen to that and you're like dude how do they get to where in that scene from the suggestion they got into like <laughs> the most beautiful scene or the most wild relationship but you're like so into it and a lot of it sometimes you're not even just laughing like you said you're just
1: engaged like how yeah. why am i engaged about this <laughs> i have a teacher i had a teacher at the pit named pat swergen that would say like sometimes it's fun to just do like um like dramatic improv just kind of take the take the audience and confuse them and just like don't be funny yeah. and then you'll find how engaged how much more engaged the audience is because they're like they're like is this supposed to be funny i don't understand why do i feel something and then you just say this ridiculous fucking thing that they're like they laugh harder because they're like oh my god i forgot that i was seeing an improv show i thought i was watching a a, a play <laughs> That's awesome, dude. When do you perform? What are some of the shows that you have? Like, is there – they're, right? they're kind of scattered, but I'm in a, I have a group that I helped create called Unnecessary Sequels that we do, oh, okay. um, which I kind of – this plays Look at that. In. Fitting. Um, we do Unnecessary Sequels where we um, make – we improvise sequels to movies that don't have them. Oh, or dude, even if awesome. we do, we'll uh, just do our own version of it. We'll do it anyway in a different way. So, uh, I kind of introduced the show by saying, so, uh, you know, a lot of movies have unnecessary sequels, whether it be, uh, Son of the Mask or, uh, this other one called Ace Ventura Jr. I don't, know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have heard of it. I haven't, uh, prior to today, but I saw it online and I thought it'd be funny to mention. Uh, and there's always like, it's a silly gag because I either throw it up, we throw it up as a picture behind me of like <laughs> me as a, And then we, um make uh will like improvise a, a sequel but it's the 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 shows are kind of scattered and i think uh it's just come through i i would more than anything i want to just promote the pit because they have such fun shows and everybody thinks you know they uh, they initially think ucb yeah but um ucb is fantastic but there's so many other great improv theaters in in new york and all over the country but the people's improv theater is like you get such eclectic shows you know at ucb it's pretty much just the herald form over and over so if you don't want to see that and you want to see something completely different the pit has all different kinds of shows uh with all different types of forms and then there's the magnet as well and um the tank they have all these different shows but people i I encourage people to go see improv and then get involved it's so much fun
0: no it is yeah no i definitely want to yeah i'll follow you on i'll find you like twitter i'm sure you post when you're going to perform oh yeah i post
1: On, on Instagram and Twitter more than. All right, anything. cool, sweet. Yeah. All right, so now we're now we're into
0: it around your timeline. Then you got so Ace Ventura Pet Detective Junior. So yes, sir. The perfect segue. Now, when you were auditioning for that, like, take
1: do you remember? Like, you were a little bit older. You were fourteen then. I, I was thirteen, but 13, it's okay. funny because I almost remember less of auditioning for this movie and more of just the filming of it. Okay. Because I think. I don't know if I formally auditioned for it. Oh, okay. it, it was kind of a set up thing of like, we want you to be this character. And I remember meeting with the uh, executive producer. I feel like an idiot because I can't remember his name, but he uh, had ex- of Morgan Creek productions. He, he um, was the executive producer of the first two movies as well. I'm guessing uh, it's James Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah. And I met with him and he was like, look, we have this plan. We want to make this like uh, this whole like timeline, like Ace Ventura about his son and, and, and kind of growing up in his footsteps. And it'll be silly because I was like a fat little kid and it was like, it'll be really silly because it'll be like for kids, but then we'll grow up with you. And as you get older, like the role will get older and, there was originally this plan to do this kind of multiple movies, uh, franchise, if you will. And that very quickly fell through. Um, which there's a lot of stuff that I don't really still to this day know about, but it didn't come to fruition, uh, in the way that I think a lot of people that were involved with it hoped that it would, but I I don't want to say anything negative about the movie in the sense that like the 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 creation of the movie was still one of the most fun probably the most fun experience I ever had and the director David Mickey Evans is it's like awesome. one of my he's one of my favorite people on the yeah. planet. I'm still very close with him and he is brilliant and we actually just spoke recently about the making of this movie for the first time in a long time and we talked about it being like the two of us kind of going into it feeling like it was us against the world and that we were so proud of what we made with the situation that we had. Yeah. Um, You know, it's not going to be easy making a a, a sequel to a movie uh, that's so beloved and it not having that person in it and it being for an entirely different demographic. And we knew that people would be like, Oh fuck this, you know, this is my, this is my movie. You know, at some point it becomes like you look at it being in the industry and you sort of laugh because it's like you see the opposite side and how people will will see will look at these movies and think that it's theirs. You know, like they'll watch uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off and they'll be like, they better not remake it because this is like my movie. Like you can't re- – like it'll be terrible. It's like it could be terrible or it could be great um I, do I think they should make remake Ferris Bueller's Day Off right now no I don't because I fucking love that movie yeah but if they do remake it I think there's a way that they could that could probably be great and they don't have to watch it I always see that
0: whenever you go like, I know it's like you see these people like oh my god why? why are why are they remaking this it's like okay dude just don't watch it don't or watch it or t- even tv shows they're like oh this is such bs like all right, dude. Just
1: skip over NBC at nine o'clock on Tuesdays. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Just don't watch it if you don't yeah. want to. Um, and, uh, and and there's proof that like A Star Is Born just got remade for the third time, and I it's like, the best version of it. Apparently, <laughs> I, I haven't seen it, but um, but whatever. That's an entirely separate story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but for Ace Ventura, I I remember reading. Uh, I had like a meeting with James, and I re- we I think we read a little bit. But it was more of him saying, like, look, we want you to be a part of this. And um, it was pretty much just that simple. I was like, yeah, I love the originals. I would love to be a part of this. Oh, I cool. It would be a blast. And uh, and it still was, like, the most fun experience I ever had making a movie. Because I got to friggin' lead a movie. Yeah. Number and, one on the call sheet. And it was all kids. Like, it was all kids. I mean, there were a lot – there were obviously uh, – people that were adults in that movie but it was like i one of my best friends on the planet austin rogers played uh a his character's name is a plus i think yeah, yeah yeah austin we talk almost every single day Dude, He lives in L.A. we play ps4 like every single day <laughs> together like it, it's the friendships that i made are uh like eternal they're lifelong um but yeah the movie itself yeah it's silly it's a silly It's a silly thing.
0: But I'll be honest with you, and this isn't just because I'm talking to you. When I watched the movie, even before uh, Mara got back to me, it was like, oh, Josh would be interested. Here's his email. It was was an awesome movie. Like if I was – because I watched – you know, I'm 32. So when I saw the first two, I was like eight, and then the second one came out I think a few years later. So like eight and ten, eight and 11. But, dude, if they had a movie right then and there, like with your storyline and I was young – dude, I would have connected with that movie like all the people I knew because just, the, just watching
1: it even then and just for that being a, it was a Cartoon Network movie, right? It was, so it was made, it wasn't made initially for Cartoon Network. Oh, okay. And, uh, I think they bought the rights to air it. Oh, okay. Um, but it wasn't made for Cartoon Network initially. I think it was kind of, it wasn't independent, but it wasn't like we didn't know really where it was going to go. Yeah, um, but it's a good movie.
0: Honestly, it's funny. Oh, thank you. You, yeah. know, it was
1: re- you know, it was really silly. And uh,
0: it's sad that he passed away. Like when I look up these people, when I go to these sequels, like we cover mostly like 80s, 90s, and then you're the first one we do in the 2000s. But sometimes you're looking at the cast and you're like, oh man, that guy was awesome. And you're like, it's like, oh, he passed away. But yeah. the the guy that played your grandpa was so great. Oh yeah. He was on the Waltons. Yeah. Which was
1: like a really, I think it was oh, which was a very famous show in the, oh, like the yeah. 50s and 60s or 70s. I don't know. But um, he was a he was a hoot. That guy was a blast. I He was only there for the few days that he worked on it. Um, but he was a sweet guy. Everyone in that movie was really sweet. But I, uh, yeah, I just remember him being really silly. And he loves, like, there's that scene where he's, or the, throughout the movie, there's this gag of him, like, dragging his dog along. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, the dog is dead. And he's like, no, he's just asleep. And he... He loved it. Like he was so into it, and um, yeah, he was a great guy. Yeah, I was really sad when he passed away. I, I unfortunately didn't get to, like, have much contact with him after yeah. uh, making the movie. But, but he was great. Um, but thank you for saying that about the movie because you know what? That is really that's that's nice to say. And I also am very proud of the movie as well as uh, the audience that it's made for. Oh yeah, I love that movie. Yeah, I I will get like. Every time I'll meet uh, like a, a new wave of kids that have seen it, that'll be somewhere between you know it'll be uh, it'll usually be like a, a a my mom's friend's son or something yeah that'll be five between like five and eleven years old and they'll all say it's like the funniest movie I've ever seen it was it was a made the movie was like a kid's version of Ace Ventura oh yeah With art jokes and stuff and I got to do the talk like my, like spreading my butt. <laughs> yeah farting at, at a skunk. Like this was stuff that we thought was so silly and so funny. And, um, but we took it really seriously in the making of it. Uh, and we had a blast and we were doing it. And yeah, the, the response um, you get, it's kind of funny. Cause when it, when it first came out, the, it was around 2007, 2007, 2008, I believe. Um, to, wait, no, maybe no 2009 or 10. Yeah, I think 2009. Yeah, sorry. It was 2009 or 10. And I was like a freshman in high school. And uh, I was eighth grade freshman in high school. And it was when the internet. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Changed. It changed yeah. from being yeah. a place that you went on to a place like, uh um, like blogs and chat sites sort of went from this weird kind of like underground thing to be, you were getting things like Twitter and IMDB comments and like the comment sections and YouTube comments. And it was starting to become more of a forum. The internet was becoming the forum that it is today uh, with Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook and everybody has the ability to speak and have everyone be able to hear it. (laughs) And uh, I will say... It's pretty fucking crazy how vicious oh, I know. Uh, internet trolls would be to a 13-year-old who had no control over the making of a movie. <laughs> um and thankfully I'm not a person who like I have very thick skin as well as uh like I said my parents are, are raised me right and uh I was a very smart kid and and I knew, you know, these are just people that are just upset about something and, and yeah. they're taking it out on a kid. But um it taught me a lot about uh the internet and people yeah. <laughs> and uh just kinda how evil people can be for no reason. And um it was a hell of an experience because it I I got kind of thrown to the wolves right as the internet was blossoming into this interesting uh, uh melting pot that it is now um you know because you would get people that would comment and say you know leave this kid alone he's just a 13 year old kid and the next comment would be like this like fat little fuck ruined my favorite movie and, it, and it'd be like Whoa, what what did i'm sorry did they make a director's cut of the original ice ventura yes. that like put me in that movie because i don't remember that happening that'd be pretty sweet but i don't remember that happening um so, you know, it was an interesting time, but I I got to learn from a young age about the internet and now people are, are you know, they're very scared to post things because they'll get backlash and they'll be like, why am I getting this backlash? And I'm like, look, man, that's, <laughs> that's the internet. People will hide behind their computers and they'll just insult you because they have nothing better to do. And, um, I mean, I get it. I get why people are upset that a movie would be made like we just talked about before. But it, it does kind of blow my mind sometimes that people will take it so personally offensive that this movie was made. It's like you can sit there and say, this movie sucks. That's fair. Okay. But about any movie. But to think that like, that they made it as like a strike. At I know. You. Like, hey, Bobby from from uh, uh, Tom's River. Hey, man fuck you we're making this movie because we hate you and he's like oh oh, oh, why me yeah we're making ace ventura jr because fuck you that's why (laughs) and uh you know it's obviously none of that so (laughs) but you said you said exactly right like
0: for any movie there's a demographic that you know like you just mentioned before uh stars born it's not like they look at like say if there's 10-year-old kids on Twitter, they're like, oh, this movie's so boring. It's like, it's not like somebody's gonna be like, all right, well, this 10-year-old kid hates it. Let's go nuts.
1: Yeah, some executive is like, hey, guys. Yeah. 10-year-old. It doesn't like Star is Born. doesn't like the trailer. Let's not release it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, whoops. No, but your movie's exactly what
0: it is. Like you said, even watch it, go back and watch East turret they're, they're obviously funny, but it's completely silliness. Exactly oh, yeah, what your movie silly. is. Yeah. Yeah. It, it must have been really fun to film a lot of those scenes with all the animals. Oh it must have been a little scary, yeah.
1: no? No, I, so I'm a, I am am an animal nut, and I, uh, I had two dogs growing up, and I still have one of my dogs. Um, and I am just like, a, any chance that I could could hang out with some kind of animal, I, I, I loved it. So the movie was so much fun because there was a scene, I believe it's one of the last scenes in the movie, where i ride in on like i think on a horse and then a couple of birds <laughs> land on my arms and i think i have a monkey on my head or something <laughs> and i just remember the animal trainer was like all right this is going to be cool but don't move <laughs> like just let it let you know let the animals just kind of be there and i was like okay sure and uh and they did and it and it was so much fun but there was i, I was scared of um uh, a tarantula i don't like i don't yeah. like insects, nor do i like uh creepy crawly things and i know that tarantulas are not insects <laughs> like anything that's uh, a bug or some type of anything like <laughs> that uh there was a tarantula that they put on my shoulder and it just crept towards me like towards my face and literally if you just put your hand on your shoulder and you do that yeah like that's exactly what it feels like that's creepy and it is just the creepiest thing. But I, and then they put it in, in my hands, and they were like, "Just pet it." And it was very fuzzy and very furry, and it was cute. But I was like, "You know what? I'd I'd rather hold something else. That'd be that'd be nice." And one of the coolest things was I got to hold in one of the scenes. I'm holding uh, a baby alligator, That's and awesome. that was real. It was it was a cool. It was a little baby gator that was like uh, probably like a foot long or less than that. And they were like, "Just look, hold it by its head." Don't put your finger in its mouth. Um, and so alligators, and I think crocodiles, uh, have very, like the, like the strongest bite. Yeah. Uh, but their opening, their jaw opening is very weak. So that's why you can, uh, you'll see people like wrangle alligators by just sitting oh. on their head. They can't open their jaws very well. So that's a trick. So I, should, I could do that. If you ever find yourself (laughs) stuck with an alligator and you can get yourself on top of it, it you you, you just got to hold its mouth shut. And it's not that hard to keep its mouth shut. Now, would I recommend going out and doing this for fun? No, probably not. Um, But it's a a thing. But yeah, so the baby alligator, they like just hold it by the back of its head so it can't whip itself around and, and bite you. And they handed it to me like that. And it was very docile. It was very cute. Uh, but it was great. It was a great experience. That's awesome. How long was that shoot? Do you remember? And like, where was it at? So we shot that in Orlando, Florida and it was, uh, it was only a month, which was, uh, very tough test because we had a lot to do in not a lot of time. And I remember, I think we extended a couple of days longer than we were supposed to, because we just had to. And, um, it was definitely some uh, intense hours. Some days where we were like, "Look, we have to just keep shooting." And being a kid, you only get a certain amount of hours. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when you're 13, you probably get like nine or eight or nine hours of shooting. I know, it, as you, it, at, uh, when you're when you're like seven, eight, nine years old, I think it's like seven, eight hours, nine hours or something like that. And then once you're 10 and, and on it, it it increases a little bit each time. I don't know. I don't really remember. That could be just be completely wrong. <laughs> but I know that I wasn't supposed to work uh, for too many hours. And, and I, uh, I'm not saying that I worked extra because legally, I don't think that I could have. But I'm not saying that there were days that I d- uh, didn't spend a little bit of extra time but not on my own accord like i wanted to yeah yeah. i i love i love movie making i love tv and film and i just was like i want to be here and if it meant staying an extra half hour and the sun was going down and we needed the shot to finish the day i was the first one to be like let's fucking do it and i think that was something that the production team really uh liked about having me on and and admired about a 13-year-old that was like, I'm in it to win it. Like, let's do it, rather than being like a little prima donna who's like, oh, my hours are up. I'm, fuck this, I'm going home. I was like, I want to stay here. I want to make this movie, so.
0: Now, was that filmed in the summer? Like, did you have to go to school, like, on set?
1: We shot that, um, I believe, in September. So what happened was, I think the beginning of it, school hadn't started yet. And then like a weekend I had to do uh, like school had started in New Jersey and my teachers, uh, I want to shout out the, the, the Marlboro township public school system <laughs> because they were awesome. My teachers growing up were so dedicated to me being successful that they would, uh, so, so I have to preface it by saying when you're shooting a movie or TV show, you have an onset tutor And you have to do a minimum of three hours of schooling every single day. So that might not seem like a lot, but it's one-on-one schooling. So you have to get everything done. And then you could bank hours, which always sucked. So when you would shoot or when you would uh, have a a shooting day where you wouldn't shoot a lot. Yeah. And you were still there. It'd be like, all right, well, we'll bank two hours of schooling. So then you're there for five hours. You're there for two hours extra. But that way the next day, if you have to shoot a lot, you only have to do one hour yeah and you had the two in the bank so my teachers would send down xeroxes they would they could go home and have to grade their work and spend time with their families and but they would take time out of their day to take the same tests and the same worksheets and the same uh packets and everything and xerox them and send them down so i could stay caught up so that way when i came back i could just go right back into it seamlessly. That's and awesome. I was able to every time. And um, I'm, I'm not an idiot, I don't think. So <laughs> I, uh, I, I thank
0: them for that. No, that's awesome. Right now I'm watching Love on Netflix with uh, Paul Rust. I a that hot- show.
1: He's yeah. not a set tutor, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And, I, and you know what? I was going to mention it before because you are talking about like the movies that don't have sequels. Yeah. And what he does, him and his buddies, which I can't find anywhere and I hope they put it out somehow when they make they hang out and they make theme songs for movies that don't have theme songs. They do it. They
1: do it in the show. But yeah. That's I, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's not anywhere. I look for it on YouTube. some do, are oh, pretty do funny. I actually apparently do that like separately, like for fun. No, he has a band. Paul Ross has
0: a really funny band with another improviser.
1: Uh, oh. they're called, uh, don't stop or
0: we'll die. They're all like okay. really silly songs, but, uh, no, some of them are really funny. Like the cider house rules one. And, uh, yeah, that's really great. And then you got to work. I think there was a bunch of people in that movie, but it was really cool. You got to work with, you know, kind of active royalty with Ann Cusack.
1: Yeah, she was, she was a, she was awesome.
0: she did a lot yeah. of stuff.
1: Yeah, she is. a wonderful. And obviously the Cusack family are, yeah. are incredible, but she, um, like everyone else, took on a really tough role in taking over a role that was played by someone else. Yeah. And uh, she did a fantastic job. And, what a sweet, sweet woman she is. And, and um, yeah, I, I don't really have much to say other than her being uh, wonderful to work with and being a, incredibly dedicated. And I think I saw her – or no, someone – oh, God, I can't remember the story now. It's, it's been a little bit of a while. But either my mom – like saw her on Facebook somehow, like got in touch with her. So I don't know, but I think she, uh, after a bunch of years, gotten like my mom got in touch with her or something, and and she was asking how I was. And, and oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she's just she was very sweet. But uh, I wish I, I had more more of a story there. But I. Oh I, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't really remember. Sometimes, than, sometimes it's better with people when you don't have a story. because it means oh, yeah, really good people. <laughs> yeah. No, I will say, uh, uh, filming that movie though, uh, Austin and I were. We, this was like the beginning of a friendship that is obviously still lasting today, but we were menaces. We would, we would, we were 13 year olds that were like, yeah. leading and we would just, I one time we, uh, we were left in our like respective apartments by ourselves. So I was staying with my mom, uh, and he was with his grandmother and they went out to have dinner. So Austin came over to my place that they put us up in these, like, uh. I guess condo, condominium kind of things Yeah, in Orlando. And um, Austin came over and we, uh, just because it makes sense, we thought, you know, well, you can make bread by putting dough in a microwave. Um, so we put dough in a microwave and we almost burned down the apartment by ourselves. Oh my God. Because uh, we just put it in there and it just started smoking because – why the fuck would a microwave be able to make bread out of dough? Yeah. But we were just like, yeah, this makes sense. This totally makes sense uh, at 12 and 13 years <laughs> old. So, um, you know, we did some stupid shit and had some, had some fun experiences as, as 13-year-olds. But uh, yeah, overall, they were just really fun stories the whole time. That's awesome, man. And then, the,
0: and then next on there, there's a few other credits that you had. I know you did some voice acting, but and then you are on
1: SNL for a few episodes. Is that so right? So I did, uh, yeah. I did some background work on it actually in the past uh, last season. I did some through my agent. I was like, uh, got involved a little bit of just with background work. I would, I, I would love to eventually one day audition or, or be on the show or something. Yeah. Just keep doing but, improv. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's it's pretty sure. much like the. uh seems like what you're supposed to do the trajectory, but, yeah. um, but it was, it was a pretty fantastic experience to be on the studio, like the studio floor. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know if I should be saying this, but the freedom that you have, even just being in the background, like you get, uh, I don't know if you, have you ever been seen a taping of no, I,
0: I put in for tickets every year? I'd never get it. And I, I watch it every Saturday.
1: It's, it's, it's a very interesting way that they run the show because it's literally just like the, the elevator doors open and you turn right and it's there. Like, it's there. Yeah. It's, the studio is a little down the hall where they shoot the thing. And then there's the green rooms and the um, uh, like the costume designing area and the hair and makeup. And it's all just kind of there and people just walk around. Uh, so as, so long as you have your like badge that says you're supposed to be there, I was just walking around like freely, just walking by, you know, the, the cast members and stuff. I'll tell you the, the, the most ridiculous, uh, experience that was like, w- what just happened was I, they lined us up cause we were about to go out and do, um, uh, the background like we were lining up the background to go out and file in for this sketch it was the episode that i believe james franco was hosting yeah that's right and i might be mixing it up with the other episode though i think maybe sizza was performing on the james franco episode yeah yeah, I'm not it sure. was. yeah okay so the other one that i did which was Sor ronan was the uh host you too was the performance oh nice and we're standing there in this hallway and we're all kind of – it's a very skinny hallway, and we're leaned up against the wall as, like, the, as, like Mikey Day's walking by with, like, uh, like scripts in his hand and um, – oh, God, I can't remember his freaking name. Who hosts the Weekend Update? Michael Che and the no, white guy, Colin uh, Jones. Yeah, Colin Jones. Colin Jones is walking by with, with uh, cue cards that he's, like, writing on as he's walking by. And then uh, someone stops in front of me and turns and looks – and it's fucking Bono, and he still he looks at us. And I'm not going to do a Bono impression, especially on St. Patrick's Day. I don't want to offend the Irish. <laughs> and he looks at us, and he goes, "You look like you're in a firing squad." And we're all like, "Oh yeah, we're just lining up to go out for uh for the background." And he's like, "Oh cool, this is cool. You guys are uh, this is cool." He's just like <laughs> laughing, like just. He's just, like, looking at us, being like, oh, nice, this is a, this going to be a fun-looking sketch that you guys are in. And we're just standing there like, yes, Bono. Yes, yeah, yeah. we are. Like, this is true, Bono. Of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, he was like, all right, see ya. And then just walked away. And we just, like, turned and looked at each other. And we were like, that happened, right? That was Bono. <laughs> and everyone was like, yeah, that that happened. Um, and then I have a funny interaction with Seth Rogen that I, I would
0: like to... Oh, that's awesome, yeah.
1: Because I... Uh, I'm friendly with uh, David Krumholtz, who's, uh, he was on uh, Numbers for a long time. And he's a brilliant, brilliant actor and, and comedic actor. And he's friends with that whole, with the crew. Okay. He was on Freak and You, uh, I think, do you you know who I'm talking about? Or you, Yeah, he's the tall, is he the tall skinny one? He, uh, he, he kind of looks like uh, Oscar Isaac a little bit. That's been kind of like a running joke. And Jake Johnson. David Crumholtz.
0: Let's see.
1: I should know who he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know Crumholtz. Oh, yeah, um, dude. So he's a great, he's a great guy. And uh, he was my acting teacher for a little bit. Oh, and really? He's with, yeah, he's friends with the whole crew. So I auditioned for Neighbors 2 uh, for a little role in it. And um, I was like, hey, Krumholtz, could you like put in a good word for me to you know, like, Seth? And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll do my best. And so I didn't get the role. And then this is like a year later, I'm at SNL and Franco's hosting. So Jonah Hill's there. And of course, yeah. And Seth Rogen, they're all just kind of moseying and milling about. And I walk to the bathroom as Seth Rogen's walking out of the bathroom. Because that's the other funny thing is there's no like celebrity bathrooms. It's just <laughs> like, there's just the one like urinals and stalls for like the crew and the famous people. It's hilarious. That's awesome. And Seth's walking by me and I was like, hey, uh, I just want to say, and I know he's not the best with like fan interactions. He's not mean. He just gets very uncomfortable. Yeah. And this is just coming from me being a huge fan of his. I knew this. I was like, sorry, I don't want to be annoying. I just, um, and, and I realized as I'm saying this, like, Josh, you're putting your foot so far in your mouth. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I auditioned for neighbors too. That's all I said. And he goes, oh, okay. <laughs> and I went, yeah, I didn't get it. And he goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I went, no, it's no problem. And then he was like, all right. And then as he's walking away, I was like, oh, I'm friends with David Crumholtz." And he goes, all right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, man, I'll see you later. It was so uncomfortable. Oh, my and God, I was, dude. I felt so bad because he's so nice. And he wasn't – he just was like, what do I do with this information? Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, I don't get very nervous, but there are a couple of people who I do – and Seth Rogen was one of them where I was like, I, I just, it was, it was like now or never, you got to say something. So I just yeah. said that. And he was like, all right, man. <laughs> uh, I was like, I'll tell him you said hi. And he was like, sure. <laughs> 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 like, all right. Yeah. That's like, the. Um,
0: I don't want to offend you, but it's like, okay, what I'm about to say next is really going to offend you.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, you realize how much more charming it is as a kid than as a 23 year old man. Yeah, yeah like like walking to a bathroom it's like not nearly as fun um but yeah but he was he was a sweet guy but it was it was just a really funny little interaction there and i that's was like awesome. all right that's my seth rogan story now
0: that's cool man and then uh j- just before we're done thanks again for taking the time you're oh, originally on the last season of uh well the newest season of Maisel. yeah that shows that awesome.
1: was yeah, that was a great. That was an awesome experience because I auditioned for um, Amy. I oh god, I want to get her name right. It's Amy Sherman Palladino, right? Yeah, Is she the creator? Yeah. Um, she. I auditioned for her uh, for season one for a different role. Okay. And um, she. I thought it was a good read, and she like I auditioned for her. She's the, she's incredible because she writes the show, she directs the show, yeah, like produces the show. She's un. Freaking believable. And um, I got to audition for her and then I didn't get it. And then a year later I get called in to audition for a different role. And literally like we, I, I went to the studio where they shoot it. Um, and what she does is she frigging just to add to her workload, she will leave like during her lunch break and come and audition people during the lunch break for like the next episodes. Wow. So they were shooting like the first episode of the season and I auditioned for episode two, I believe of season two. And she just like came up from her lunch break for like the four or five of us that were auditioning. And she said like, uh, she looked at uh, my resume and she was like, Oh yeah, you came in for season one. Right. And I was like, uh, yeah. And she was like, "Yeah, I remember you, you were great. And I was like, thank you so much. And then I read and it was only a couple of lines and she was like, all right, thank you so much. Thanks for coming in. And I was like, thank you. And I left and I called my agent and I was like, Hey, it went really great. And then all of a sudden my phones, or no, sorry, I called my mom and I was like, yeah, it went really great. And then my agent called me, I'm in the Uber on the way back to my apartment. And they go, yeah, they want you. Can you turn around and go back to, for a fitting? And I was like, Sure. So I booked it, I guess after, after that, she just like had to make the decision so quickly. She was like, yeah, I like this kid and just like said, cast him. And um, then I got to spend a day in a, in an unbelievable uh, uh, clothing factory in Bushwick. That's been there since like the mid 1900s uh, that the, Fa- the the owner of this clothing shop has made suits for like, like every like, oh, Barack Obama and uh, like Bill Clinton. I think like every president since uh, like Ronald Reagan or something. Yeah, and he, like it's one of this one of these incredible, uh, um, almost like a museum. Uh, and they 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 film in there. That's where that's like the warehouse that they use for uh on the show that like Joel yeah Joel's yeah works yeah, at Kevin like Kevin yeah yeah and um and i got to film in there all day and that was an awesome experience because so uh, amy likes to shoot these cam scenes where there'll be six seven minute shots kind of the way that aaron sorkin did with like the west wing
0: yeah
1: yeah so look around and it's almost like a play it's on its feet so uh it would be the six minute shot that would go around the entire factory. If you watch it, if anyone goes to watch it, it's a beautiful shot. Yeah. And I know that a million people watch that show, go back and watch that shot. It, co- the, the, it comes in through the window, which obviously is like CGI, but then it pulls in through the window and then it, it lands on me and Michael Zagan's character. And then from there, he leaves and walks around the whole factory. And there would be times where he would get so far and flub a line oh. and he would go... You would just hear like, "Yeah," and then back to one, and they would walk all the way back, and everyone would reset, and they would restart it, and they would redo the entire thing, so we were there for five, six, seven hours, but we only did like twelve takes, yeah, because each take took so long and then so long to reset, but it's 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 a really cool way of shooting because you could sit there and go, you know. Uh, wide shot, wide shot, close-up, close-up, over the shoulder, over the shoulder, uh, insert, insert, whatever. Or you could just do one long shot that yeah. covers everything. And uh, that way you you film six pages right there. Uh, but at the same time, it's memorizing six pages of lines, yeah. getting six minutes worth of, but you're basically making a play for six minutes and filming it and hoping that everything goes right the day of the play that you haven't rehearsed. It's yeah. just like, like you so we got there, I got there at six in the morning, I think. Then we rehearsed from like seven to nine. And then from like nine 30 to like three, we shot that same scene over and over <laughs> and over again until they got it. Perfect.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Those scenes are always great. Cause when you notice them happening, like especially the one famous one is like the one from true detective season one.
1: Yep. When they get in the helicopter and yeah, they go dude. up and,
0: and they showed the behind the scenes. Like I remember right after that episode, HBO had like a behind the scenes thing. You had, like so many people on walkie talkies like coordinated everything, like go, go, go. And like they have all the guys running out and it's unbelievable. Was, yeah. There's
1: a really there's a really great one that's in uh, I think it's Children of Men is the
0: movie.
1: Yeah. No, not Children of Men, sorry. Uh is it Children No, no, sorry. Uh or maybe it is. Is that that like the movie where it's, it's Yeah, like that's a-
0: the one with uh God, I can't think of his name. Uh British guy, he's always. But in, uh, there's
1: that scene in a car where it keeps spinning around. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. And it's fucking nuts. But yeah, that's another one. I, now I'm just like geeking out on on movies, uh, which I could do all day as well.
0: Well, awesome, man. Well, thanks so much for taking the time.
1: Oh, thanks for yeah. having me. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. Oh no, dude. Uh, yeah. it was,
0: no, it was it was it was awesome, dude. You were great. <laughs> and uh, I know it's a bit that you do in the beginning of your uh, improv, but there's no way, son of the mask and ace juniors in the same class son of the mass we already covered that one and i interviewed uh he's a improv comedy writer jerry minor he's been on like a ton of stuff but it sounds uh
1: familiar. I probably found yeah, it if
0: familiar. you saw him yeah he was on lucky Louie season one well the only okay. season on HBO he was the neighbor yeah. but uh dude, yeah uh oh yeah some, yep. Yep, yep 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 so he was great he, he wrote on snl in the early 2000s but he had some great stories because he got sent out there because it, they filmed in Australia and he was like, there's no black people in Australia. So it, an agent called him because he was friends with Jamie Kennedy. So I think that's how he kind of got it. Right. But he said, when you're shooting a movie like that, when you're looking at the dailies, like afterwards, you don't know what it's going to look like. Cause like 75% of the movie is CGI.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
0: he's like, he, I was like, he was like, yeah, a lot had to be done. So I'm like, so what'd you think of the dailies? And he just
1: started laughing. It was like, <laughs> Yeah, you have no idea. It just looks like a green screen.
0: Yeah, no, but totally. There's so many Caddyshack 2 We did, and dude, don't worry. Ace Ace
1: Junior is like you said. It's for that demographic. Yeah, I think if I think if people go into it looking at that, and they should it's an entirely separate movie. Uh, but but I mean, at the end of the day, I being in comedy and being very self aware, I now there's a lot of power in comedy and power in. Taking responsibility and making the joke yourself. Yeah, I yeah, think totally. That's the thing that's like that I will like preach to kids uh, when they're if it's when it comes to like bullying or something like that. I say like you take that you know take that joke and make it yourself, and it totally takes the power out of everyone. Else's oh, definitely. Hand. so um that's something that i i like doing and and you know what it's silly i i I like looking back and seeing that there are silly things about that movie and silly things about a lot of the stuff that i've been a part of uh that doesn't make them bad it just makes them silly and goofy yeah and um i like to make i poke fun at it myself i poke fun at myself all the time so um yeah i think that uh i think that it's a definitely Son of the Mask is is a different level. Yeah, yeah. There's um, no
0: connection. The only connection between those two right? yeah. the only, is a mask. Is the mask. That floats down a river like it's so silly. The way the movie right. starts is just so ridiculous. But yeah, man, I'm gonna follow you on Twitter because, Oh yeah, I'll plug I'll
1: plug it. My Twitter oh, yeah, well, I'm on Twitter at Flitter, which is my last name, F-L-I-T-T-E-R, right. which is fun because I could say I'm on Twitter at Flitter. Yes. And then I'm on Instagram at Flitstagram
0: nice
1: uh, f-l-i-t stogram um so yeah yeah okay, i come check you out i'm only like 30 minutes out of the city so yeah dude yeah come whenever you want send me a dm come come hang out <laughs> sweet man thanks again
0: Josh was awesome we really hit it off i really enjoyed talking to him fellow jersey kid so follow him on twitter at flitter and on instagram at flitstagram And I'll put the links in the episode notes to make it easier. And if you are in New York City, then go check them out doing improv. And like he mentioned, go see improv wherever you live. Thanks again, Josh. And now the trailer for next week's movie.
1: Mr. Alert, Here's a map
0: of the property. Don't need it. It's already been scanned. Locked and loaded. Sir, Yeah. That way, I had that upside down when I scanned it. That's why it's on you. I heard you're pretty good on one of those things. have been known to dabble, monkey hopping it. Oh! 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 Missed it, oh! Oh!
1: still got it. Come on, Dad. It's a vacation. Try to enjoy it.
0: Someone's taking down the hotel! Your uniform as requested, Officer Blart? We don't need any backup, Blart. Neither do I. If being a security officer was easy, anybody could do it. It takes a certain breed. Someone who has spidey senses. Oh, didn't see it? Didn't see it. clean glass. We are trained to detect, deter, observe, and report. <laughs> but there's one man who goes above and beyond. <laughs> I'm sorry, ma'am.
1: Are you gonna want turn down service? You know what you just did? Jay walked in a business district, sir.
0: Actually, it's uh officer. Still giving me a ticket.
1: going to give you my phone number in case you want to grab a drink sometime.
0: I don't drink, but I do ride. <laughs> oh, oh. <clears throat> Okay, so we're doing things a little bit different. Next week, we're going to have an interview first, and then the following week, we're going to be reviewing Paul Blart too. The reason is because we got someone who is hilarious comedian on stage. He has viral videos about coffee and bread and milk, and one of them, the bread and milk, has over 17 million views, and he creates amazing content daily, and that is Vic DiBoteto. Uh, Vic is... Insanely popular. He's starting a tour right now. So he took the time to, uh, s- you know, sit down, but over the phone chat with me. So, yeah, so that's a lot of fun. So you're going to hear that next week. Then the following week is going to be the review. And then we're going to get back on track. So don't worry about that. And uh, yeah, so if you're around this weekend, if you're in Connecticut, go see Vic over at the Foxwoods, and then next weekend, July 19th, he's going to be at Infinity Hall Theater in Hartford, Connecticut, July 20th, Hampton Beach Casino Ballroom in New Hampshire, and end of the month, July 27th at Westbury Music Fair on Long Island. So it's a great interview. You're going to laugh. He's hilarious. So subscribe to us, rate us, tell your friends, and thanks for listening. Good night.